0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the last episode of Connections That Matter. I'm Sarah Kadava, and today I'll be talking with my ITA group team member, Christina Zurich, about how you can actually start to implement an employer brand at your organization. All of these episodes were recorded from our home to account for social distancing instead of a fancy in-person studio. Thanks so much for your understanding on the sound quality. Hello, Christina. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. And maybe a little sad that we are going to wrap up our conversation on employer branding, because I think this has been not only fun, but a lot of great content too. I'm hoping for today's conversation, we can kind of tie a bow on some of the most important highlights, highlight reel, if you will, from our previous chats, and then provide some just actionable points that our listeners could implement now, if that sounds okay. That sounds great. All right. My first one for you, what would you say are some of the signs or triggers that um, would really showcase that you might need an employer brand or that you should refresh your current one? Well, I would say warning sign number one is if you don't have one, um, you
1: probably need to spend some time with it. Um, Because the reality is actually everybody has one. It's just, are they helping to guide that narrative or not? Um, because your employer brand is is what people say about what it's like to work for you as a, as a company, about why people stay, about why people should want to come work for you. And all of those conversations are happening, whether or not you're controlling it or not. So um, I'd say lesson number one is your employer brand already exists. Um, what you're doing to help... Uh, cater that message or craft that message or or make that message as effective as possible um, is really where employer brand strategy comes into play. So if you haven't yet kind of taken the leap to start working on that messaging, um, now is a great time. Now is probably more important than ever to make sure that you've got a really super solid employer brand message uh, that you're anchoring your current employees and your prospective talent to. Um, If, on the other hand, though, you have already done some great work on employer branding, you already feel like you've got a good strategy in place, you maybe have a few different messages that you've been actively communicating out, Uh, that's all great. And that stuff is all still usable. um, But it's not a set it and forget it kind of strategy. Um, So definitely make sure that at least every, I'd say, two to three years, you're taking the time to step back and reevaluate what it is that you're saying. Are there any new messages that you need to be taking um, to your people? Are there new messages you need to be taking to prospective talent? i um, really kind of just doing a, a reaffirmation that uh, everything is as relevant and authentic as it should be. The other thing I would say is, uh, Even if you've done recent work on it or you've been kind of continually evolving, um, when organizations go through change, it's a really critical point in time to also make note to, in addition to weathering, whatever that changes. So whether that's mergers and acquisitions or organizational restructuring or things like we're all going through right now. Those are also really great times to make sure that you pause and uh, reevaluate how those messages are being communicated. Are they the right messages? How can you make those even better? You know, one of my favorite uh, tactics that I've seen a company use is. GE, and they actually have what they've established, they call their Employment Brand Council. Um, And as a large organization, I'm sure you can appreciate how hard it is for them to make sure that all of those messages are resonating the way they should. And so that's why they developed this kind of task force that has representatives from every region and every line of business uh, where they solely can just talk about how employer brand efforts are going, um, make sure that everybody is generally you know moving forward on the same page, figure out are there things that are working maybe in a different region that could be replicated in in others. So uh, I'd say that's a really great best practice for organizations to think about tapping into um, as a means of making sure that they're refreshing their employer brand message when they need to.
0: So you mentioned if you don't have an employer brand, that it's really important that you have one so that you're helping guide the conversation. And uh, we've also spoken on previous episodes about you know thinking internally and, um, even assessing your employees and having focus groups. So let's say that maybe you have a council like GE does, or maybe you don't, but you need to have some of these conversations. What are some of the questions that you would ask yourself or your colleagues or your council members about your current company culture to help kind of move into the employer branding conversation further? Yeah.
1: You know, I think, um, culture is such an important part of every organization. Um, And so the ability to make sure that you really understand and have a good pulse on what your culture is, is incredibly important, not just because of its importance to overall organizational health, but also because people naturally will gravitate more toward those cultural messages when they're expressed through your employer brand strategy and so really those two pieces need to be in in lockstep. And so I'd say, you know, when it comes to figuring out your current company culture, I know we talked earlier I got into a little bit of information about those psychological benefits and and the research that we did on those and so what we saw through that was basically people identify with the culture where they work. Um, based on two key factors, um, how appealing it is and how clear it is. And that's really what it shakes down to. Do they like it? And do they understand it? Um, I think from there, you can obviously spiderweb out and ask a whole bunch of other questions. So maybe we start at, do you like it? But then uh, get into things like, is it differentiating? Do you feel like it provides a competitive advantage for your organization? Do you feel like it is carried through into how you treat your customers? Do you feel like it's uh, true? Do you feel like the things that we're communicating out about it are authentic to it? And so you can see very quickly how all of a sudden it can just build into a lot of really good, really interesting questions um, that people maybe haven't thought about. Um, And so that's what I would say is really start at those two key things. So the appeal and the clarity and build out from there to kind of come up with your list of uh, all of those different questions you can be asking people to make sure that you have a really good, really solid understanding of the culture that exists, and what's great about it, and maybe what's different about it, but still important to emphasize, like we saw in that uh example I talked about way back in the beginning about Netflix. Now, what I love about them is they have a very, very clear culture, it's not one that appeals to everybody, um but they're okay with that, and they own that, and they you know, have locked in on that as, as their foundation, which I think is cool.
0: So you mentioned appeal and clarity as being kind of two main key themes to focus on. How do you, knowing that the kind of the employer branded conversation is so personal to each individual company, how does one go about determining what's important to focus on within a specific organization? Um, and what it may be is needed most specific to employer branding.
1: I'm really glad you asked that question because as I was thinking back on all of the information that we've covered so far, I kind of got thinking, gosh, I hope I don't leave people feeling just overwhelmed <laughs> because I get, so, I get so excited about this. And then I go off on all these different stories of all these great things that people are doing. And sometimes it's hard for me to even remember that you've got to... Pick a starting point. You got to kind of put that stake in the ground and figure out, um, you know, where do I begin? And what I always would advise an organization to do is really look at what is the business issue that you're hurting from the most, um, and that might sound a little different than what people are expecting me to say, because it's not just about jumping to the coolest story you can tell. Um, I think that's what a lot of companies will do because they're like, Oh, this is something really cool that we can lock into. And it's emotional and it's fun and different. Um, But if it's not actually going to connect to a business issue that you're trying to solve for, it's probably not actually the best way to start. So when I say business issue, I mean, sitting down and thinking like, is it that we really need to recruit better talent? Or is it that we really need to retain the talent that we have? Or is it that we just need to boost engagement because we're keeping the people and we're bringing them in okay, but we can tell that when they're working, their heart just isn't in it. And those are three very different types of business issues that can all hurt a company um, and they're all important. And so I think that that's where taking the time to first and foremost, just like sit down, with organizational leaders and align on what is our primary business issue that we're trying to solve for. Because that's going to really help you make sure that you lock in and you focus on finding the stories that um, are going to most support that business issue and, and ultimately help you move the needle on it.
0: So we've spent some time talking about you know your best practices related to the employer brand. And the reality is that there is another brand that we should keep in mind in an organization, and that is their external brand effort. Why should your employer brand at a company be linked to your external brand?
1: That's a great question and something that a lot of companies really struggle with, I'm sure that you've been hearing a lot about purpose lately and how important purpose is to employee satisfaction and how uh, especially younger generations are really looking for purpose in in the work that they do. And that's really where I think that this topic uh, comes into play. Um, because at the end of the day, if you're not trying to connect the purpose of what your company is on the planet to do with the work that your people are doing and why that work is important, uh, which is what you tell them in your employer brand message, um, that's a big miss. And so uh, you know I think this is difficult though for companies because sometimes they feel like, well, The industry I'm in is just not that sexy and cool. Like, it's, I can't find that great story because of what I sell. And so then they sometimes take like the easy way out and they just regurgitate what their external brand message is to their people. Like, that's supposed to compel them to want to work there and to understand why they're such a a great employer of choice. And I think it's so unfortunate when that happens, because honestly, I believe that every single company and every single industry in the world has an interesting story to tell and has something that can help unite and connect their people to purpose. Um, They just sometimes need to dig a little deeper to find that.
0: I think you bring up so many good points, and especially if we go back to your Netflix example really quickly that you know their their branding to me as a, as a customer is that they're unabashedly cool, they're innovative, they're not for everyone, and as you also describe their internal brand, um there is that nice compliment. I think that that's an, a really interesting tie and something that we can all take forward in actual implementation.
1: Yeah, and I think they're a great example of where you've been able to really link those two messages but even like okay so let's take for example let's think of something that is like the least cool sounding industry like nothing against it but let's say you manufacture plastics right now and that is what your company does all kinds of different plastics and so your external brand will probably talk a lot about the types and specifications of your plastics and um, tell a really compelling story to anybody who's buying plastics for um, various goods And it should because that's the product you sell, but that's not going to resonate with most employees, I would argue. Um, So, what is that story that you can tap into? Like, what's an example of what you could say? I'm trying to think of like a fictitious company right now, but like, let's say, do the plastics that you create ultimately help a person in need? Well, let's just think about our life right now. How inspirational would it be if you were working for this plastics company and you found out that X percent of the life saving ventilators in the world being used right now to help the most vulnerable people um, are actually produced using plastics from your company. That's an entirely different feeling and emotion you get from that. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's like, when you think about it from that perspective, That is how you can weave those messages together in unexpected ways, um, even if you maybe aren't a traditionally cool or innovative industry.
0: So you just spun up an employer brand for a plastics company in about 30 seconds, uh, which was incredibly impressive, by the way, say that an organization does kind of that soul searching internally, and they realize that they might have some gaps, any quick tips on what to do in that moment, I don't want to call it an overhaul, but how to tweak culture, I guess, in this new arena.
1: You know, I think culture can always be improved, whether it's tweaking it or, you know, in some cases, it might be an overhaul that's necessary. I think it's a smart move for organizations to constantly be trying to keep a pulse on that because I will be the first to tell you that even when an organization feels like they generally are pretty consistent and they generally are pretty appealing, all of a sudden something can come along and shift employee attitudes and perceptions. And that's why it's so important to just always get their feedback along the way. Um, I love that we're seeing such a rise in the employee feedback and employee listening market because now we have more opportunities than ever to ask their opinion on is the culture appealing? Is the culture clear? And really I would say that's the the best way that you can find out is there an underlying issue? Because that's my first piece of advice is don't intervene if you don't need to. People don't want to feel like they're being forced or herded in a different direction because at the end of the day, culture is not what you say it is. It's it's what they say it is, the collective people of the company. And so definitely make sure that adjustment is necessary and that people are going to be open-minded to it. I'd say if you've confirmed that already or once you've confirmed that some adjustment is necessary, I think that that's when you really you know go back to people again and you lean into... Uh, their feedback on what is it that they're looking to change? Or what is it that they think could be more consistent? Or, you know, where are those opportunities that exist so that it feels like you're building that with them instead of forcing them into something different or kind of pulling them along unwillingly?
0: I love that starting with really where the problem lies. So follow up question to that is, let's say we've identified the business issue at a very 10,000 foot view. What's next after that? How do you then provide proceed to making the very cool thing. Like I'm guessing there are some intermediate key steps that people should consider.
1: You validate what it is that you need to say by talking to your people, by doing focus groups, by doing surveying, by having ideation sessions with other areas of the business. But there are so many different ways that you can gather that information. Basically, that's what you need to do next. And I think that you will be a, it's, it's hard to tell people who haven't done this before because they're just nervous about what will come out of it. And I promise you, cool things will come out of that step. <laughs> you, it will become clear to you what the compelling story is that you can tell about that business issue you're trying to solve for. So like hypothetically, let's say we're having a really big issue with retention. Well, if you go out and you ask the people in your organization why they stay naturally, you're going to start hearing some really cool things. You might hear some things that you need to change too. But overall, I would say it's really by opening up those lines of communication that you're going to end up beginning to narrow your focus on, okay, this is what is standing out to me. This is what's rising to the top. I would say too, though, don't feel like you need to do this alone. I mean, All of these brands that I've talked about so far, GE, Netflix, Heineken... All of them have cited that close collaboration with their marketing and brand teams are critical to their success in employer branding. So I mean, tactically that includes things like you can lean into them, like they are the natural storytellers of your organization. So go to them and and get their help trying to determine what those specific messages should be or seeing, what they think rises to the top from the data that you can share with them. Just brainstorming. A lot of them like, I mean, I'm a marketer as well. And I can tell you, I love brainstorming. I love that ability to just like roll up my sleeves. And it's even better. I like being tapped by other areas where I don't actually have to leave with any accountability to do anything. I got to literally just go in there and be creative and have fun. And so I promise you that there are those people in your organization too. So if you can find them and try to tap into them and have them help you figure out how can you be more efficient at distilling those stories and
0: and kind of landing on where you want to go. And I promise great things will happen. You do the employer brand, you launch it, you execute it, everyone high fives for how successful it is, or does it, or can it rather live on different forms?
1: You know, I think it it comes again back to that story you're you're trying to tell. There are certainly brands who have really effectively done kind of single hit campaigns, but I would say the organizations that really stand out to me as the ones who have kind of cracked the code on employer branding are the ones who have realized that it's really that an employer brand's campaign might start off at a moment in time. But where it gains momentum and grows and really ultimately drives that change and that return you're looking for in the organization is when it becomes ingrained in the day-to-day way that you communicate to your employees or the way that you communicate to prospective talent. And so over time, you just see that, well, it might have started off as a big splash kind of campaign up front it will grow and evolve and and continue to be part of your brand's narrative because you never want it to feel like it was just like a a flash in the pan kind of thing that then you moved off of. So I would definitely say, I mean, it should be viewed as living and breathing. It might not be as huge of a focus as it was maybe when you first initially launched it or, or during the early stages of the campaign, but it absolutely should be something that sticks with your organization for the long haul.
0: I think Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart said, do it, try it, fix it. And I, you know, in hearing the stories that you have shared over the series, Traeger was really the only one where we talked about the fact that they didn't get it right the first time. And so perhaps that the reality is, is that you should just start somewhere. And you did say this, Christina, uh, start somewhere and then make subtle tweaks along the way, because it's not necessarily a perfect science, but just in, in the world of human kind of matters, things will continue to ebb and flow and as in hearing you that they should.
1: Totally. Yeah. This is an iterative process. And I guess I'd say that's one thing I hope everybody walks away with too is while there's always that moment where you'll release a new employer brand campaign, and that's going to carry a ton of excitement, it should never end there. Uh, You need to be constantly evaluating that impact and constantly figuring out, is it working? Because the reality is sometimes things work for a while and then they stop. And they stop for a variety of different reasons. But that means it's the perfect time for you to dream up something new.
0: So I feel like that's the perfect place to wrap up our Connections That Matter podcast. I hope you take away three things from the episode today. Remembering the signs of when you need to refresh your employer brand, how to know where to focus your efforts, and how to keep your brand fresh and exciting. I also hope you'll remember the sexy and cool employer brand that Christina came up with on the fly for our fictitious plastics manufacturer client. The truth is, we could talk until the end of time about employer branding. So if you have more questions or want to get started on a project at your organization just visit us at itgroup.com. You can read more about it and get in touch with someone who can help. Thanks so much for tuning in to this podcast series. We've had a great time and best wishes to you on your employer brand project.